and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And every week we review a new streaming show or movie. This week we are going to be talking about Turning Point, a documentary on Netflix about 9-11 and its aftermath. So something not not our usual, usual lighthearted fare, but we'll... Uh, I think, you know, there's there's kind of been a lot of stuff coming out around the anniversary of uh, 9-11, which in retrospect seems like inevitable, but kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think there's this weird, and I think it's important to like kind of state this up front before we get into the, into the actual content, which is like, there's a really weird kind of thing happening and I feel like it happens every year I don't know about you Anthony but every year on the anniversary I find myself kind of like reading articles watching videos um just kind of like being in that that space and either trying to learn more or you know just be closer I guess to that that experience um and I feel like with the 20th anniversary all these like media platforms tapped into that clearly um but it's this weird thing right where it's like it feels like it was a long time ago but it also feels like the memories of it are very palpable and real and it's both fascinating and surreal right because it's hard to believe you know you watch it back and it's hard to believe it even happened um that, that something that horrific could happen. Um, and then you, you realize, hey, wow, it, it was real. I remember. Um, and it's just this, it, you know, it's very somber, but it's also, there's so much information around it as well. And I think Turning Point kind of leans into the information. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is a bit surprising. It's also not surprising at all, you know, that there's so much content around it. Cause I think that we are, particularly folks like us, I think it's pretty bizarre that there are people, you know, who are walking, talking, nearly adult individuals who uh, weren't, weren't alive and don't have that same kind of um, a memory, real, real life, real world memory tied to this thing that happened. Um, so yeah, it's, it's got a lot, there's a lot kind of wrapped up in the anniversary particularly with 20 years and with all this content around where it's hard to describe kind of all the feelings that go into that totally and i think that um i was actually reading this piece in the in the washington post where the headline is what more is there to say about 9-11 on its 20th anniversary and i i think turning point i mean from what i've seen so far you you actually watched the whole thing um is certainly does have a lot to, to say and a lot to add. Um, but there was, for me, a little bit of a sense of, boy, this is such a horrifying and traumatic event. I don't know why, that how much of this I, I want to, to relive. And in fact, um, you know, part of the reason I think Daryl's not joining us this week, I, I don't think it mind us saying, it's just because he wasn't super interested in watching a documentary about 9-11. But at the same time, it seems like there are people who are, I mean, you actually watched all of Turning Point even before we decided to review it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, I think that each year I feel this need to kind of like, I mean, one year there was, um, 
there's an article out, I forget who by, and it did like a minute by minute of the people closest to the president on mm-hmm. that day. So his chief of staff and the, the captain on Air Force One and all these people kind of saying like, okay, well, we arrived at the school. We thought it was going to be a lovely day. He went for a jog and kind of going minute by minute of what happened. And that was like, you know, thousands of words. And I remember printing it out and sitting with it and just kind of like reading it. Um, so I think every year, yeah, for I, it's hard to explain why, really. You know, I think it's, I, I am, I have a lot of feelings around kind of nationalism, right? I think like there are times where I can listen to the national anthem and tears can come into my eyes when, you know, everyone is singing and you have this pride and this, this shared experience we have as Americans. And then obviously I also have feelings about, you know, that America could be a lot better. Right. And it's a (laughs) very difficult kind of, um, ambiguity, I think to deal with. Um, and I think I, for whatever reason, it's just such this, I think my memory of it and what I experienced on that day, I was young, but was really, I still remember very crystal clear, you know, how it felt and what happened that day. And I wasn't even here in New York, you know, I was a kid at school in Texas. Um, but for whatever reason, I am drawn to, to kind of be in that experience and either for commemoration or just because it just feels like this, it feels like a turning point. I think that's a great title for this documentary um, where so much changed. And uh, yeah, I, I understand though how some people would say there's not much left. And I think one one important thing from Turning Point for me, and I've watched some of the content around this anniversary. For Turning Point, there was a lot that I learned that I didn't know. And I think mm-hmm. that um, I can understand like what's more to say, but I also think, you know, really fully understanding it as this um, watershed moment that changed so much there's probably a lot there to unpack still left it also feels like there are at least from what i've seen i mean this is probably a simplification but there are like broadly speaking two different approaches that documentaries can take one is really focusing on the day itself um and i did watch um, a couple episodes of this spike lee documentary on hbo called nine nyc Epicenters, uh, 9-11 to 2021 and a half, like a a really ridiculous title, uh, which is half of it is about the coronavirus pandemic and half of it is about uh, 9-11. And at least from what I've seen, that one, the 9-11 stuff focuses a lot on just the experience of the day itself and how, you know, just shocking and horrifying it was, which, I mean, it seems obvious to state it now, but... I mean, even you were talking about your own memories. I was on the West Coast. So for me, a lot of that kind of minute by minute um, sense of what is unfolding, I I didn't really get a sense of because by the time I woke up on the West Coast, it kind of, you know, the the towers had already fallen, um, I think. um, And uh, at least as I remember. And, And so there wasn't, I think part of what, the, the Spike Lee documentary does well. And the early uh, parts of Turning Point is they capture just the sense of what the hell is going on? Like, what like what is this? Like, this is like not something we'd even conceived of. And then um, 
But where, where I think Turning Point devotes a lot more of its attention is the context, both the understand the political context that led up to 9-11 and then also just all of the mostly <laughs> really unfortunate political fallout afterwards as well. Yeah, and I, I really like, there are some documentaries on Netflix that do a really good job of this. I don't know if it was originally Netflix, but there is a, there's a World War II in color documentary that does a fantastic job of this as well. I remember learning about World War II in school and kind of going chronologically. And there are so many different stories unfolding that you don't really get the full context of any of them. You're just kind of like jumping from battle to battle. And uh, that documentary did a good job of saying like, let's look exactly at what's happening in Japan for like the 50 years before World War II to understand what the hell would have prompted them to, you know, come and bomb Pearl Harbor and join, join the Axis power. So I think Turning Point does a really good job of that with some of the, the before and after that, that shows it as a turning point. I don't know that I'm necessarily all that interested in watching the day of stuff over and over again. Like I'm watching the, the Hulu one now. I haven't gotten very far, but that really feels very day of, you know, it's following firefighters and stuff like that. And there is some stuff that I didn't know, but I don't know that it's, I don't want to say it's not a value because it is. Cause I think we should do our best to tell every story that, was impacted that day, right? The victims, the people who didn't make it out, the, the heroes who went in and, and tried to um, save lives. I think all of those stories are important and we should try to get to as many of them as possible. But I don't know that I like learn a lot that shapes my attitude towards the world and towards humankind and New York and all of that stuff without looking more at kind of the context around the day as opposed to the events of the day. I feel the same way in, in the sense that I think, again, for me, a lot of these stories I don't think I'd even really heard and, and maybe in some cases even kind of pointedly ignored because I was just like, I don't, this this seems like really depressing to, to engage with. And also there's a lot of, you know, stuff around 9-11 has this sort of nationalistic, jingoistic tone that I didn't really want to engage with. So I think just to have people tell their stories about what it was like to be in the building um, in that sense is really valuable. But then I just, I think, so at first I w when I watched the, the Spike Lee documentary, I, I felt, wow, this is really powerful. And then to see like sort of similar stories told at the beginning of Turning Point, I was already at the point of, okay, that's, that's, that's enough. I, I, yeah, I got it. Like this, I, I don't know how many times I need to go to go over this. Um, and, and I do think that, um, there is an element of, in terms of a lot of the discussion around immediately after 9-11, there's a desire to sort of willfully kind of ignore the context. And so for, and, and just to turn it into this kind of tragedy but a tragedy that's sort of stripped of, of any kind of political meaning and and i really respect turning point for saying like no 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 like to understand this you have to you know go back several decades yeah i think so too and of what i've seen so i watched um i've started the hulu one i'm not sure that that will ever get to that point of the complete context and kind of painting the the full picture um 
and I, I watched the Apple TV Plus one, which was like one day. I'm not sure exactly what it's called. It's the one that follows George W. And it's really about his day, right? Which, to be honest, was a little bit his day itself was kind of boring. He got, you know, essentially he was put in air. I, I, there are some pieces of it that are fascinating, right? He was put in Air Force One and he was probably the least informed person on that day, right? Oddly enough, because Air Force One wasn't equipped. They were picking up local TV as they were flying over cities, right? That's all they had. Their phone was on the fritz. So his communication with Dick Cheney and with other you know, state leaders was, his phone was cutting out. He just did not have up-to-date information and, and his secret service was keeping him, you know, kind of on the run and on the move to stay safe. So a documentary about his day was essentially like, we were flying in the plane, the TV wasn't working and I really wanted to go back <laughs> to Washington, right? Like that's essentially like what it is over and over again. Um, and the Hulu one doesn't have that context. So I think that of all of them, like if you were at the point, you know, it feels a little bit late, but if you were at the point where you were like, oh, I, I do want to watch one thing, you know, about 9-11 and kind of um, be in that moment, I think Turning Point would have to be the one. I don't know. I didn't see the Spike Lee one yet, um, but I would feel like you, you learn the most new information from Turning Point and it really kind of it goes into the events of the day and it gets personal about it without it being the entirety of the, um, the content, you know, and there's a lot more to kind of learn and understand there. So yeah, I, I applaud Netflix for, for jumping into it that way, you know, cause I think it could be really easy to just like collect as much footage as possible interview as many survivors as possible and kind of keep doing that over and over again every year. And I agree with you. I think that that, that rings a, maybe not hollow, um, but it leans into this, into this collective pain without any work done to understand it. And I think exactly pain is pretty valueless without doing the work to understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, that Washington Post piece that I uh, referred to earlier, I think it agreed that Turning Point is the kind of the one to see. And, and certainly of the, the two that I've seen, I like the Spike Lee documentary a lot. It's it's not just about 9-11. It's a much more kind of personal piece um, where even though he's interviewing a lot of people, his, his own personality, his own idiosyncrasies come through like just when they show um, any footage of Donald Trump, it says President Agent Orange um stuff like that where it's it's worth i mean it's it's eight hours i don't know if we'll ever watch all eight hours of it but it's it is very much a Spike Lee film and if that's what you want like a spikely take on it a new york centric take on it that sort of weaves it together with the, the coronavirus pandemic as sort of the two kind of great traumas in new york city in, in the 21st century i think it's worth watching but Turning Point is seems like the more comprehensive look, the one that is not just about it as a New York event, but as this pivotal moment in national and global history. Um, maybe maybe you could talk a little bit more, again, because I haven't watched the whole thing, you could talk a little bit more about where it goes over the course of its five episodes. Sure. Yeah. So the first episode 
is very much around um, the day of, but it also dedicates a significant chunk to exactly what was happening in the Middle East, particularly um, in Afghanistan in the 1980s. And it helps you understand kind of where America, Russia, and um, Afghanistan were for the 20 years kind of leading up to 9-11 and how, you know, um, Afghanistan had essentially been invaded and we were fighting alongside um, them to get Russia out and um, kind of the devastation that was caused by that in the 80s that allowed it to become a place of both, you know, kind of religious extremism as well as, um, you know, a place that might harbor terrorism. Um, and then, and then as we move through, it kind of always keeps a touch point on the day of 9-11, right? So you're always kind of feeling connected to that day itself and the events that unfolded. Um, but it then leads into kind of the aftermath and talks about, um, one of the things that I thought was most interesting, which was, you know, George W.'s military response. And one, how rushed that was. So, you know, it was essentially decided the Bush doctrine, which says it's not, we're not just going after people who have done us wrong. We're going after anyone who has anything to do with the people who have done us wrong. Um, That was decided that day, right? Like that Hmm. went into the speech that night. Um, And remember, he was on a plane until like six (laughs) So, you know, that speech was given at eight. So it was a couple hours on something that would normally take at least days, right, to kind of determine. Um, So that felt very rushed. And there's a point where Condoleezza Rice says, well, you know, what would you have done differently? And I don't know, you know, like that. that's one of the things about 9-11 that I think is so complicated because I do believe that the war in Iraq was... um, unjustified i'm not sure we needed to do that that felt like a very like fueled by capitalism and the american military complex and uh, industrial complex and and it was i'm not you know as a non-expert on (laughs) war and geopolitical affairs it doesn't feel right i think retaliation to 9-11 does make sense but there was you learn over the course of this documentary one that the Bush doctrine was rushed, that Congress kind of unanimously, except for one, one legislator, Barbara Lee, which was, I thought was an interesting piece of information. uh, They all voted to approve this very broad use of force. It was like, we're going to go after bad guys. Right. Um, kind of period there's no geofence around that there's no you know it's not about fighting uniformed soldiers that serve a state it's like we're gonna go after whoever we think we should go after and it was yep go ahead do that um and it talks about you know how that war ended up unfolding and there are several generals you know as we get towards the the later the later episodes that show generals saying, 
you know, before I took the position, the command position, you know, 10 years into the war, one of my questions was, well, what does winning look like? There was no answer. I couldn't, I couldn't get someone to tell me what winning this war would look like. What does that mean? Right. Um, it talks a lot about there's, there's pieces of the, the third episode that talk about the gaps in us intelligence. I think by now it's pretty clear that for whatever reason, the CIA and the FBI weren't communicating properly, right? CIA handles what's going on abroad and collecting intelligence. The FBI usually tries to catch domestic bad guys uh, after they have committed crimes. And again, 9-11 was a turning point in that the job of both of those agencies changed. One, we need to be prepared for attacks on U.S. soil. And two, the FBI needs to get more preventative, right? And proactive as opposed to saying, okay, something bad happened, let's go catch them. Um, so that was all really interesting. Um, they talked about enhanced interrogation and about the, the prisoners that were taken to, or I guess they're very specific about calling them detainees and not prisoners, because if they're prisoners of war, they have to be treated differently. Um, and how they went to Guantanamo and kind of many of them, there are some that are still there today, 20 years later. Right. Um, and yeah, I think it, it does an interesting job of talking about everything that changed, right? Like there's even a little bit that's given to the formation of TSA and, um, the way our, the way our kind of stance changed, the way our intelligence gathering changed, domestic surveillance, right? That it was kind of the birth of really, um, thorough, domestic surveillance and so it, it goes through kind of all of these different pieces and again always keeps like a home base of well this is what happened on the day and here's the story of someone who was in the pentagon that day right um and i learned a lot you know barbara lee i think one of the most poignant quotes in the story i don't know if it's barbara lee or it was someone else but they said you know the issue with this with our retaliation was that we called it a war on terror and not a war on terrorists and a war on terror is just a war on anything that we're afraid of. Right. Which is very different, um, than going to war with terrorists. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've maybe haphazardly and, um, in a rambling fashion kind of outlined a lot of what was covered in in this docuseries but it does a really good job i think of showing all of the peripheral you know and the 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 true timeline of of how everything unfolded well and one of the surprising aspects of re reflecting on on 9-11 now of course is that you think we think of it as this historical event, but in fact, it's you know that that there are elements of of the of the fallout that are still unfolding, um, and and so you if you were working on a documentary, you might think, okay, well, this is a fairly sort of a story with a kind of a defined endpoint, but it, we're still that right now um, we're still you know withdrawing from Afghanistan, seeing exactly how that's going to play out. I mean, is that covered in the documentary? 
Yeah, good question. So it does go all the way up until essentially, it, it even to the point where they stopped shooting and had to add, you know, the Taliban um, took control of Kabul on mm-hmm. September whatever, right? Um, just a few days, I think, before the documentary itself was even released. Um, and they do follow, you know, the last episode is called Graveyard of Empires, and it talks about kind of the last two decades and trying to end the war, trying to help um, Afghanistan build up its army to defend itself against the Taliban. Um, it talks about George, or I'm sorry, Donald Trump brokering peace deals with the Taliban. Um, and it talks about the difficulty of kind of, you know, the U.S. military, in essence, was trying to train an Afghan army to... Um, rule itself and it it, it doesn't another kind of thing that i didn't really understand fully but that this helped me understand was the difference between uh what what do they call it it's two counters um but one is essentially go and kill all the bad guys right like uh find them locate them and take them out and the other is like nation building and somewhere like halfway through the war we we switched from the former to the latter and so it became very difficult i think because again because the war was not on a military it was on you know dressed in plain clothes people that it was hard when someone would enlist to the afghan army (laughs) they would they could be you know part they could be the enemy and they were using, you know, suicide bombers and stuff to kind of... So it was really hard on our soldiers. It was hard on those in Afghanistan that were trying to, you know, um, protect their country and their people uh, from this, the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. Um, but it does follow all the way up. You know, there's there's a lot of footage from very recently of the Afghan army and members of it saying, you know, this is the new generation. We're not going to let the Taliban take this country. You know, we'll fight to protect our country. We have everything we need. We know now, obviously, that the Taliban has made um, significant process since progress, I'm sorry, since the U.S. withdrew. Um, but it is, it does kind of follow the story all the way up until today and not like you said there's more to tell there will be more to tell those kind of cover the thoughts and questions i had about turning point about the you know broader um you know just wave of of 9-11 related content um was there anything else that you wanted to talk about no i mean i think like i said at the top of the episode i think I would love to hear your thoughts, Anthony, and maybe we've talked, we've exhausted this topic, but just how to go about these anniversaries, right? Because it is this clearly critically important thing. You know, there's a piece of it that you think about the people who are right in the, in the center of it and how they um, have had to deal with the aftermath and um, the soldiers who went to war and the folks who enlisted to go to war following that. And I don't know, for me, there's a piece of me that wants to, you know, think of that, be in that mindset on that day 
Um, and then there's also a piece of me that's just kind of fascinated with, like I said, this realism. And I hope it's not offensive to anyone that I, I feel that way. I think it's just, it really is hard to believe sometimes when you look at the footage that this actually happened. And there are pieces of footage that still to this day kind of like haunt me. I think there's one scene where an anchor is on TV and the second plane hits and it dawns on them, you know, live, real time. This is not an accident. And that is pretty disturbing to watch. And the footage of George W., you know, in the classroom with uh, his chief of staff coming and saying, you know, a second plane hit America is under attack. And the expression on his face is also pretty chilling. So I find it difficult in myself almost to balance kind of the why I want to be in that content. And it sounds like you maybe come from a different school of thought altogether, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of like, maybe should is not the right word, but how, how we collectively approach these anniversaries and how we go about, you know, dealing with our own emotions on it. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something I've been thinking about more, wondering about more myself. And obviously, I mean, you, you yourself sort of said we shouldn't use the word should in this context. And, and certainly on a personal level, I agree. Like if you want to just, not you, Jordan, but just you, the listener, want to have gone down like deep into just, con you know, watching every single documentary and special, um, that seems totally understandable. If you've said, nope, not going to, just going to pretend that none of that is out there, that also seems totally understandable. Um, one of the things that has also been been pointed out, I think, is the fact that anniversaries are also, to an extent, kind of a, a media event because it's a way to sort of put something on the calendar and say, okay, like we're all going to talk, you know, kind of put our thinking caps on and, and pontificate about the significance of, of this. Um, and, and in a way, it feels a little bit artificially constructed that, you know, September 11th, 2021, we should be talking more about 9-11 than, you know, three and a half years earlier or whenever. Right. Um, and one of the other, you know, striking things has been how I think the last time we re it really was in the conversation in the same way was not surprising another anniversary 10 years after 9-11. And I think at that point, it was much more, it was sort of in, in everyone, it's still in everyone's at the top of everyone's memory so it was much more just this happened wow like we're still like living with it whereas now and, and again i don't want to minimize the fact that there are definitely people who still have you know who maybe were in the building and are still dealing with like the health fallout the emotional trauma all these things and and so it's not the distant past for a lot of people but at the same time in terms of like the way we talk about it in culture, or at least in American culture, it has been this shift from, oh, we all went through this together to now another element of history where for some of us, we, we do remember it, but for a lot of people, you know, either because they weren't born yet, they were too young, or just because it's been 20 years, it um, isn't necessarily the ever-present and defining thing that that it felt um for a long time and so certainly it's my hope that we don't necessarily have 
that we that, that are, it's not going to be like every five or ten years we just get another big wave of um, content around it. I think that like intelligent engagement with the broader questions and issues is really important, and certainly not that we like need to ever like just take all the memories of 9-11 and put them in a box and be like, let's never talk about that again. I mean, I don't think there's any realistic way that would happen in, in yeah. again, in sort of a media or cultural context, but that this might sort of represent the last time it dominates the conversation in quite the same way. Yeah, I think that you bring up a good point, which is like, it does feel like maybe it's time for a shift in the way we talk about it. And I think Turning Point does a good job of maybe ushering in this newer era of, it is historical, right? It's hugely historical. And and there are people out there, you know, I have my partner's daughter's 14 and I was trying to talk to her about it on the anniversary and just try to gauge what it is that she actually knows and what does she think about it. And, you know, she's pretty unengaged to be honest. And I think, I think it's incumbent upon our generation to make sure that young people do understand the context of it without forcing it to be a personal experience for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's an opportunity when it is a more feels weird to call it this, but when it's more of an intellectual exercise for them, that maybe we could just grow (laughs) as a species. Right. Um, Maybe our emotional connection to it is what made it easier for there to be missteps. And maybe um, decisions that if we had a do-over, we would go and do differently um, as a country, as people, um, as individuals. And so I think that that it, it, it is pretty important. I think that it shifts a bit to the way that, you know, there's a generation of adults who are, you know, or young adults who are going to be adults and who are going to be leaders, you know, that... I think need to understand it and learn about it. They do need to know what happened and maybe treat it less, less emotionally so that some decisions can be made and future decisions can be made having learned from it and not being soaked up in it, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, And I think that's probably a good note to end on. So if, any of you listeners have watched Turning Point 9-11 and the War on Terror and you have thoughts on our review or thoughts on the documentary, you can email us info at originalcontentpodcast.com. That's info at originalcontentpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Original Content. And of course, we're always grateful when people subscribe and leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of their choice. Thank you all for listening. Jordan, uh, you have uh, Disrupt next week, so uh, good luck with Disrupt. Um, We'll see whether or not we have an episode next week. Things are going to be a little crazy, but um, hopefully it'll go smoothly regardless. Yeah, thanks. I hope everyone who's listening has an interest and shows up. You can get tickets at techcrunch.com slash events. (laughs) Yeah, last minute plug. Yeah.